Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Oh, crack open a cold one. That was a good one. Yeah, I, I think I could. I think your your gulping picked up on the mic. That was that was nice. Oh, fucking good. Listen to me drink can water, mother fuckers. Day we get sponsored by Liquid Death is the day that we made it. Oh, that'd be a fucking day. <laughs> How's it going, listeners? Welcome back to the Doctor Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. I'm Edward. What's up, y'all? Oh, fuck. I almost said y'all unironically. Hey, y'all. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Going good. We're back again this week. We're not ba- with a three-hour bullshit show. 3D's this back. This is not a monument show. Tell a friend. This is kind of just a chilling show. Technically, this is the one we should have, quote-unquote, done the anniversary for, or we should have waited five more episodes to do the 75th. Actually, funny thing. 75th? I would, well, because you know, some people do their anniversaries in increments quarters. of 20 and quarters, or and then once they do it in hundreds, they do it by 50s. No, we're doing it 69 because we're fucking immature lads. Deal with it. <laughs> Not fair. my problem. So, I think that's more of a you problem, listeners. If you want to check out, don't worry, listeners. You can check out. So I that, don't get offended So on wait, that. so does that mean- If you want to stay and listen, you're beautiful. Let's be friends. So does or that, at least we could be friends with the podcast. Yeah. And remember, there's always timestamps if you want to just skip all this opening bullshit. I think we're pretty all right people to be friends with. For the most part, we can have fun conversations. Well, yeah. I can fucking talk about my fucking conversations in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how's life for you? My, my, you know, I made a plunge and I started doing something that I've always wanted to do. There's this like, uh, big dick dope ass sci-fi writer named Brandon Sanderson. Uh, his big things are Mistborn and Stormlight Archive. And for years I've wanted to read his book since I started working at Barnes and Nobles. But the, my, my problem is, is that I don't know what this says about me, but I have a, pr- I have a hard time starting reading and continuing reading, but uh, and I was like, man, I want to read this, but I just don't trust myself to finish like reading the book. But it occurred to me, I have one, I had one audiobook. It's Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez. Now, granted, that's basically like listening to Brian Alvarez's podcast, but he's not yelling and there's no Vinny. But I found I responded very well to that. So I thought, hmm, I wonder. So I bought uh, one of his books on audiobook. Um, and I've been listening to that and I'm responding really well to it. And I'm like, you know, I'm glad I did this. So, uh, I'm in the audiobook game now and I've heard some people be like, audiobooks isn't really reading, you know, cause I guess even in books, there's fucking gatekeepers. Well, f- fuck you. I'm going to listen to fucking audiobooks, especially the 20 minute shorter versions. Oh yeah. I have time in my life, bro. I don't want to spend like. Too much, unless the book's really worth reading. Oh, that's right. You 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 did the you did a big audiobook plunge. Like I'm still months ago. I still yeah, like weekly. Right. Like I, out three days on my work week, I do like a. Audio this ain't book no abridged version. Oh no, this is and this is one of his smaller books. This is like a t- close to a 28 hour audiobook. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. I've done like a 10 hour one, and I'm like for fucking think and grow rich, and I'm like. 
Holy shit, that was brutal. Yeah. But I challenged myself, and I was going to fucking do it, and I fucking did it, and I'm not yeah. going to do it in a minute again. His, uh, his first book is called Elantris, Elantris, and yeah, no, it's good. I, I've always had an appreciation for, it's a fantasy book, but you know, sci-fi usually gets grouped together. But yeah, I'm glad I did it. Uh, fiction's fiction. Yeah. Could be science fiction, could be not science fiction. It's all fiction. Speaking about the bookstore, I do have, it, it's kind of three funny stories, but what? they're connected over one overarching theme. Your sex cult bookstore? racism uh, okay. okay so let's talk about racism um what do we got here last week i believe it was it was like a few days after we recorded our 69th spectacular super I, spectacle i have a um i have a co-worker named tiffany and um for and this is for the context of the story um i tiffany was like sit, is in sorry a, to interrupt i just remember i was like uh, fuck did we know a trick named Tiffany? And I remember, oh, yeah, it was like some lady that gave good friend Dylan Chlamydia. Quick fun side off story for lols. <laughs> uh, so oh, that, that's that's a throwback. That's that was just a quick side off story. That I just remember for some funny lols. And I think that's the only Tiffany that I really have like. No, yeah. that's the only one I've known. Yes. So Tiffany, and for the context of the story, Tiffany. This is a is different a, Tiffany. Yeah, different Tiffany. Not from Salinas. Well, this is a this is a different Tiffany because uh, this Tiffany is a uh, person of Chinese heritage. Okay. And uh, Tiffany was telling me that um, she was uh, checking someone out. Well, I forgot it's they go by goes by they them pronouns. Yes. Tiffany was at the register, and uh, they were ringing up a lady, and uh, you know, lady was like, "Oh, by the way, what's your name?" And Tiffany's like, "Oh, well, my name's Tiffany." And the lady looks at my coworker and goes, huh, huh. I was expecting something more exotically Asian. <laughs> and uh, please tell me her response was hear that. Uh, hear that silence. She said uh, Tiffany said that was their reaction. <laughs> Didn't know what to say. I'm like, well, that's kind of casually racist, but <laughs> cute on you. Oh, man. And I and I and then I told Tiffany how, yeah, I went through a similar thing. Not the exact same thing, but similar, close enough to where I can share it. One time a lady had come in and uh, I had, um, uh, and it got brought up that I'm of Mexican descent, half Mexican. And she was like, oh, really? Me too. I'm like, oh, really? That's cool. And she said, well, sort of. We're from New Mexico, but that's close enough, isn't it? And I said, yeah, sure. Well, maybe you're from New Mexico, but like, that doesn't make you Mexican, is like one of your bro. parents me- that no. The question is, is one of your parents Mexican, <laughs> or is one of your grandparents Mexican? But the cherry on top, and yes, there are like uh, light skinned Mexicans. Just look at the well, yeah, singer Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah, Psycho Maiko. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. There I mean, are such things as light skinned Mexicans. My grand, don't let that fool you. My grandmother on my dad's side, and actually my grandfather too, is kind of light skinned. But specifically, my grandfather's mother was said to be. Uh, they always said it like it was something out of a fairy tale. They said she had fair skin and uh, you know bright green eyes and bright red hair. So and on and then I realized later, I'm like, I'm like, fuck, that probably means I'm more Spanish than Mexican. But whatever. But the crux of this happened when when someone else had told me a story that they had experienced in another store where um, somewhere else where uh, there was another lady. That's that's kind of the funny thing that ties it all together. All three of these incidents were perpetrated by three white gals. But um, Southern accent for this one. And they were checking out. Is that a little? Well, we're going to get some Mindy. I don't know what to do. 
And uh, apparently she told uh, this coworker that told me this story that um, I don't know if it was in jest or what, but I was like, I think you're going to need to help me carry these out to my car. I need someone to help me carry out my car. And apparently. I don't know what to do. And apparently the person that told me the story, because they're of dark skin complexion, they told me they pointed to their arm and said, yeah, skin's brown, but I'm not your hired help. Oh, man, that, that made me laugh. Fucking some people, bro. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was good. So, yeah, racism in the bookstore. That's awesome. In the fucking sex cult bookstore. Fucking rock and roll. Uh, but, yeah, so audiobooks and racism. That's been my week, bro. Yeah, no, so I could have a freaking quick description of my weekend. Oh, fuck, I was about... I, I had... also started playing Final Fantasy X again. That's been great. That's it. All right, cool beans. All right. I remember I was like thinking of something I just remember I wanted to say. Yes, before we go on, we actually got our first comment on a Podbean. Oh, for real? Yes. So when, like, on our, seems like our episode 69 spectacular, yes. I don't recall your name. I feel like you're the only one that's commented. Thank you for listening to the show. When you asked us to, like, please don't stop reviewing Rock Love, I only have one way to, one way to say this. How can we review more Rock Love? We literally finished all the series, my dude. I'm sorry. There's not much else we could do. Wait, I'm not going to rewatch it. It's like, oh, we're now better reviewers? Fuck that. It's like the first time, and I don't think it's going to get any better. Where, where did he said it on the 69? Yeah. Uh, I don't see it on Podbean. I just know I got an email saying I got a oh, first you comment. Got an email, okay. Still I got a comment on the podcast, and yeah, no, thank you for your first comment. I would say a milestone for us. I'm glad yeah. you liked the episode. But we're not reviewing any more Rock of Love because there's literally there's no more Rock of Love unless we do Rock of Love Charm School. Sorry, bro, you got to wait a minute on that. We just survived that fucking horrid, fucking horrid, horrid. fucking third season. Awful. That was fucking awful. Yes. I wouldn't. Well, maybe I would put that on my enemies because that shit was horrible. <laughs> Depends how much you hate them. It really depends, but dude, that fucking season sucked. I can think of punishments I would like to bestow upon people. Uh, I can think of uh, like a couple things off the top of my head I'd want them to watch. Um, I'd, I'd want them to watch like Manos, The Hands of Fate, you know, or I'd want them to listen to that one Jefferson Starship record with We Built This City. I don't know if I would ever force anyone to watch Rock of Love season three because that was a lot of bullshit. <laughs> It's pretty fucking boring season, but I did remember I was listening to one of Lacey, Lacey the lady from the first season. season. one, yeah. Yeah. And she has just been fucking hustling on that fucking old school VH1 reality show shit. Like, dude, she's launched her own fucking website and shit, and she just had a huge reunion show with, like, all these motherfuckers from all those shows. Dude, I th like, you see advertised, she brought Daisy and London back together to talk. Ooh, whoa. Yeah, no, I'm like, Senator's like, damn, if you know the story on that one, that's like a holy shit. Well, you know, we picked the right time to do this podcast because for some fucking reason, when we started reviewing Rock of Love over a year ago, the shit came back into the spotlight because they because I think it'd been around a little bit. But Lacey got her had her podcast going. Then Ashley and Farrah had their own podcast. Well, she has a show with Lacey. Dude, Lacey's Reality just a hustler. Yeah. Reality Graveyard. Um, uh, started reviewing the shows before us. Wait, right? wait, wait! Before us, yeah, way before like a us. year or two. No, but so they were. There's a bunch people. of fucking reality freaking podcasts, and I was like sitting there, I was like, oh, I thought we had a unique gimmick. Nope. But the thing, but but the thing is, you said it. We're we're not a reality uh, podcast. We're no. a potpourri. Yeah, we're fucking potpourri. And in other words, we kind of review what we feel like. Yeah. Sometimes it's fucking bad television shows. Sometimes it's bad movies. Sometimes it's great movies. But yeah. that's kind of few in between. Yeah. 
What are the great movies we've reviewed? Um, there's last. I, I would say Last Dragon is great. Yeah, no, that was a from that was a fun movie. Jason X is great in a bad way. Oh, that was a gloriously bad. I liked Halloween Resurrection, but I'm a Michael Myers fanboy. That movie was gloriously bad too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, fucking that's but. Honestly, listen to Lacey's podcast is so informative on that shit. Oh, I bet. That's like really super interesting. Yeah, no, and I don't even know where I was going with that. I just know she just like did a thing where it's like she brought back fucking London and Daisy that go actually talk with each other after years and years. Did you see it? No, I'm not paying for that shit. We have to pay for it? Yeah. Lacey's a fucking hustler. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got to pay this. I'm like, I don't like these motherfuckers enough to pay. Yeah. I like enough. To check out and like maybe see it. Is it like five bucks? I'm not paying five dollars. No, I'm just saying if it's like five, that's semi reasonable. If it's anything no. above five, that's dumb. Daisy is not worth five dollars of my time. <laughs> not even Lacey. That's mean. You're mean. That's funny though. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, though, we have the right to be mean. This show, this 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 show, fucked with us. I came into this podcast right now, and I'm like, dude, I feel like a weight's lifted off my shoulders. I feel like a new man. No more Rock of Love. No more Brett Michaels. Now, now we've got free reign. You know, the the sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. That means we're probably gonna, you know, fuck it up somehow. Oh, we're just gonna meander around for a bit till we hit till we hit another gold mine. We might meander till around the end of the year. Maybe. Yeah, we got a couple weeks. I like to just kind of chill and just talk about whatever. All right. Also, my fucking quick week. All right. Fucking spark notes. All right. Friday, I had to play a garbage freaking metal bar show, which honestly, the bar was a brewery and they had a sick fucking fire table. So like the venue itself kind of looks sick, but it was like a weird show. I rolled up and I'm like, there's a lot of just fucking normies just kind of hanging out and drinking fucking micro brew fucking beer. Oh, fun. What the fuck am I doing here? But that, but prior to that, I'm sitting there because I don't have my van to like hold the musical equipment. So I had to go run and grab my singer's truck, which I thought he was going to ride with me and help load in the shit. Also note listeners, his tailgate doesn't pop down and I have to chuck fucking amps up and over the fucking tailgate. That's awesome. All by myself. Amazing. I had to do that on a time crunch and I also had to shit. Luckily, I was able to hold it. It's one of the cases where I can. Like, and it's like, well, why don't you shit here? There was a bathroom. And I'm like, I went to the bathroom, and there was no toilet paper. Amazing. Yes. Quick question: How many band members do you have again? It was five band members. Two of them. Two of them don't own vehicles, and they had to be picked up, which picked up from the bus station. Which that leads to, I get to the venue, and luckily my singer and a friend of his shows up and help me unload all the equipment and get it up on the stage. But then he has to go run to the bus station and go grab my two young, my younger bandmates from the freaking bus station. And who is left setting up all the equipment? Not just me, my own personal instrument, the drums. I set up both guitars. I set up the bass rig. Oh, boy. I did all that. Oh, no. And I'm like, I hate everyone right now. F- fuck this band. Fucking royalty, royally. But whatever. Eventually, the dudes show up, and I'm like, I hate you guys. But just tune your shit. And then I'm sitting there. I was like, all right. Now, we have another guitar player. He does have kidney issues. Good friend, Dylan, mm-hmm. who had the clap from Tiffany from Salinas. I promise. We really do like he that He had guy. dialysis that day. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go take a power nap. 
before the show. 6.45 rolls around, and we're calling him like a madman because oh. we're supposed to play at 7. Oh, fuck. So he finally wakes up. And then we're just sitting there. It's like seven passes. And freaking people was like, oh, yeah, hey, you guys can start playing it. Dude, we're waiting for a guitar player. He had dialysis today, and freaking he just woke up from a power nap and stuff. Good thing we have a sob story to tell people to fuck off. Yeah. Politely. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, too. We were giving a 30-minute set time. I'm like, we're not playing for 30 minutes. We're going to play for 20 and bounce. And you know what's the funny thing? What? Once a good friend Dylan showed up, we actually played our set. It was actually a nice... I Well, for good friend Dylan, he said he was like, dude, that set was a disaster for me. I'm like... This set, I kind of just laid back and chilled, and this was a pretty good, awesome set. And then the other boys had fun with the set, and we said a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> I was, like, screaming on the mic, Hey, what up, you fucking Hesters? Tip the motherfucking bartender, you fucking cocks. <laughs> and then I'm, like, yelling, Metal, dude, metal! Fucking metal, dude! Which, that's a reference when we reviewed the Decline of Western Civilization series, if you ever want to go back in our catalog. Yeah. Pretty fun series for us to do. Yeah. The second episode, which that turned into a fucking two-hour epic, there's one motherfucker that was just going, yeah, it was like, what's the better one? He's like, fucking a dude that's just like, out his car, blast slayer, just going, metal dude, fucking metal! That bit has become like a reoccurring part of like our daily speak. Yeah, no, it was just like hilarious. I remember I'm like, when my guitar players are trying to drink water and I'm just like hovering over the mic and I was about to scream, metal, dude, metal! But I just fucking started howling. Like, metal, dude, metal! Oh, and the, and the key bit, if you ever, if anyone ever meets good friend Dylan, you have to do the metal, dude, metal and throw up the horns, but throw up the thumb too because that's actually not the metal horns. But he'll be like, that's not the fucking metal horns. Oh, dude, I was fucking fall- throwing up the false bow horns because, <laughs> yo, fuck you, metalheads. <laughs> but, like, we hammered out our set. You know what's the hilarious thing? What's that? All the other bands that got enough time to play their overbloated sets. I feel like you put emphasis on the overbloated. Oh, the, the bloated, I mean. Well, the band after us, I felt like they played a little too long. Let me guess, they 45 cut, minutes? Nah, they, they, I think they went past like 25. They got up to 25, but honestly, they could have cut a song and they would have had a better better set. Okay. I feel like there was a song there. I was like, eh, did you guys really need to play that one? <laughs> oh, that's just me being an asshole. Which, honestly, during that set, they played a fucking cover by Mayhem's Freezing Moon. I'm like, okay. Ooh. Which, that felt like they did justice, but for me, during that set, I was just going... Uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm like sitting with like two of my bandmates and my bandmates' friends and my bandmates, my bandmate Seb's friends from San Diego. I'm just like going there, wiggling my fingers in front of his face. I'm going, uh, and I'm like, look at the fucking moon. Ah! Uh. No, the funniest thing is like I did a fucking like Instagram story video of me doing like saying like do, I'm like listen to some black metal bullshit, and I'm just like freaking. I thought I was like pointing up to the moon. I'm just going. But then I look on the video, I'm just going. (laughs) Steal yourself. So I'm just going. "Eh!" (laughs) (laughs) I saw that picture and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? I'm like trying to like, look at the moon. Ah! But I'm just going. "Eh!" What the fuck was I doing? I don't know. Dude, I fucking did not give a fuck at that show. We're high on some shit. 
No. You were high on the metal. And then the fucking band that made us fl- like asked us to play, which I call Next Big Thing, because they have the biggest local band penis energy <laughs> out, of the, out of the fucking like. We don't have bands. enough time in this episode to describe the, the lore of Next Big Thing. Like the first two songs, I'm like, all right, this is kind of fun. It seems like they're actually playing a little live. I'm like, all right, there's a little energy. But then like, like four songs in, I was getting so fucking pissed. I'm like, <laughs> you were getting pissed. I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking bored right now. Will your song end? <laughs> Why does it keep going? Fuck off! <laughs> no, I like what 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 made me tap strip maybe tap is when they're tuning and they were just dorking like fucking like the rhythm guitar players dorking around with a wah pedal and the drummer was doing some little bullshit. I'm like, I quit. I'm done. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh Let's get god. the fuck out of here. Oh my god. Which I was also telling you, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is where I kind of like saw like this freaking like I've this like chick I've been awkwardly matching with on the swipe freaking dating apps yeah. and stuff too that I'm like casually talking to. Well, she just realized right now, I was like, oh shit, didn't you like, le- wait, did you leave the suppressed digit set early? I'm like, well, I haven't responded yet, but I'm like, oh fuck yeah. We want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And we want to go to some fucking Denny's. Denny's is great. Yeah, I know. Like, our set when we played was pretty good. And I'm like, dude, honestly, the show is kind of whatever. It's just a bad, like, battle show. But we got awesome news for fucking Dex here for us to play. And freaking, like, uh, for, like, because there's going to be a freaking um, Extreme Metal Festival going on in our local area next year called Midstate Metal Fest. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. And we got news of the first headliner for day one, which is freaking OG, like, Southern California eh, power violence scene, psychedelic sludge band gasp. I'm like, Dude. Oh shit, for real? And I'm like, dude, that's so fucking sick. Dude, I hope we open up for their day. But then at the show, we got info. It's like, oh yeah, so the uh, so it's like, yo, the other like headlining dip for day two is ghoul. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. And we just got confirmed we get to play that day. That's fucking high, dog. I know. I'm like, oh fuck. Well, that's great news. That's you know funny about a Like we got big time at this show and we don't give a fuck, but then we get news that we get to play a fucking open up for we actually open up for a band for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like we never like fuck none of my bands ever get to open up for anything. That's really hype, dude. I know. I'm like fuck yeah, that's pretty sick. Oh yeah, and the next day was an AEW. Dude, I'm just gonna ramble about life for a minute, listeners. We have timestamps. If you want to just go to Hot or Not, or us talking about Led Zeppelin, or fucking Maniac Cop, or you just like hearing me talk about life. But whatever. The next day was I was went to cruise down to Orange County, go hang out with good friend Bone Steel. Because we were going to go watch fucking uh, AEW pay-per-view. Which, that was a pretty fun show. The only problem was when we showed up, when I showed up, we got some food from ho- from freaking Hotties. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you, I don't know if you saw my story. They get a fucking big, beefy fucking piece of chicken. Yeah, I saw that. Like, it was like a fucked up big piece of chicken. And like, good friend Thomas, he got a fucking the same slider as me too, but not as big as chicken. And I'm like, dude, I got two fucking big pieces of chicken. I must have taken 20%. Or maybe the fucking cashier lady just wanted to hook it up for me. And then I'm just sitting there like, yeah, look at this fucking size of chicken. I got way more Hawkeye energy than you, good friend Bode Steel. Ha 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 ha. stupid shit like that. And we watched, like, we just missed the first match, which was uh, MJF versus Darby Allen, which mm-hmm. was an awesome match. Then we saw, like, eh, I could bring down the card, but if you want to ask me my favorite match the whole evening, I'm sure you can guess. I want you to say it anyway. Was fucking CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah, there we that go. That match was beautiful. 
in the most ugliest way. <laughs> Eddie keeps to come out looking fucking gross. <laughs> like he's just letting his fucking beard and like his fucking hair grow out, and he just looks old and gross. And Bone Steel puts it a fucking mark, a freaking mark base rig. <laughs> like that fucking yellow and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but that match was 11 minutes and a lot of it was just beating the shit out of each other and just cursing at each other so much. It was so hilarious because you got CM Punk yelling on the fucking one moment, time to go old school, you motherfuckers. And it's so much of them flipping off. It's like, fuck you. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. And they're just like all like fucking Eddie's wiping CM Punk's, CM Punk's blood on his face. And I'm like, they just look so fucking sloppy and gross. But this match had the best heat. And the best thing is, like, dude, like, the crowd was going back and forth for both the guys. That's pretty cool. And obviously, I'm rooting, like, come on, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. Be CM Punk. And he did it. I'm like, ah. Bastards. For me, that's the funnest match. Was it the best match? No. I I give it to the main event for sure. Which that match picks up for the last, like, seven minutes and and everything. Yeah. After the long epic story, I'm not going to break down the, like, long epic story of freaking Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. And Hangman Page just fucking chase for the world title. But that was a fun show. Then we hanged out. Fucking played some fucking Nintendo. And then I'm, like, dicking around on fucking, like, the fucking swiping, like, dating apps. Like, bullshit. It was actually a hilarious thing, too. Because I was, like, ranting the boat still. Because I, like, sitting there, I was like... Both still once told me that on these bullshit like swiping dating apps like Tinder or Bumble, yeah, that freaking you have to actually like show some like freaking dedication to actually like going swiping back and forth and stuff, yeah, and that dictates for them the algorithm that you're a hot guy, but for me, I'm just like I'm here for fucking chaos. I don't give a fuck. I was literally hilarious. Like, you know, Bozu? See, watch this. I pull up my phone. I'm just swiping right. Like, see, motherfucker? Swipe, 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 swipe. And he's like, yeah, well, I'll do that too. And he's going swipe, swipe, swipe. I'm like, damn it. You're fucking up my algorithm. Go away. Algorithm. That's hilarious. That was fucking hilarious. Did that. Play some Nintendo. Oh, but then there was like this one chick that I freaking matched with. And like in her bio, she says, I'll kick your butt in Mario Kart. Huh. And then I just responded like a total dumbass. Let me pull up the message like board. It's pretty fucking hilarious chain. So I open up with my first message. Yo, I'll fuck you up at Mario Kart. <laughs> and then she says, that's a bold ass fucking claim. Strap up then. I'll make claims all day. I don't give a fuck. Name the game. Chess, let's go. Come on, bring that energy to board games too. I'll school your ass. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've seen the screenshot. I came for the claim of the art of many woes. Yeah, I came for the I came for the claim of the art of Mario Kart, not chess. That's a proper game. I want to be a I want to be dumb and be pissed at blue shells. And then she goes, ha, 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 I mean, you did say name the game. I'm just saying, if you're going to have big PP energy, you got to bring it to all games. Ha, ha, well, let me judge you first on what character you pick. And I'm like, oh, I'm all small PP energy. And I meant Mario Kart game, but I didn't communicate that because small PP energy. But my go-to is Toad. And then she's like, my guy, I'm practically do- dead over here. I can't even right now, lol. My go-to forever and will always be N64 Mario Kart because that is the GOAT. If you other if you say otherwise, I'm pretty sure you're a communist at that point. And oh, Toad. Da, 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 da. Sounds like a normie. 
And I'm like, Maybe N64, great claim, that. but my Tom Fuckery is Double Dash. Yeah, what's your go-to? You go. What's your go-to character? And yeah, I talked to a communist booth one time. It was more interesting than the f- than the fucking goofy edgelord podcast booth at a punk show. <laughs> like, believe it was a way more interesting conversation because I kept asking stupid questions about small businesses and zoning laws and the usefulness of old people and claims to owning a race car in a world of elimination of profits. And then she's like, "Those don't oh. sound like dumb questions. Those sounds like sound philosophical questions." And I'm like, oh, and then she's like, oh, so you're one of those guys. The Tom Fuckery is just going to be to escalate then because I'm going to bring my A game. Just call me shy guy because that's my man. Lol, to be honest, I can't tell if this part is real or not, but the level of sarcasm sarcasm's off the charts here. And I'm like meeting my match. And I wrote down, yeah, to be honest, I don't even know if I am being sarcastic sometimes. <laughs> like last night, I was chilling with the bros playing Smash Bros on fucking Wii U. And then I was destroying my friend in fucking Mario Tennis 64 while a little doggy that I call the thirst puppy. She used to, she, and I've like in parentheses, she has been used as a tool for failed attempts to try to lure, lure women for sexual affection. And was, and I'm like, parentheses, and like, yeah, I know, she was distracting us by giving little doggy hugs. And then the night prior, I played a, a okay, parentheses, I don't want to say a shitty bar metal show, because it was kind of like a little tier above that, uh-huh. but nothing to write home about, parentheses, bar metal show, and the band after played a f- black metal cover, and I was howling at the moon and posted that shit to my Insta. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, then it's like sarcasm kind of went away and stuff, too. <laughs> fun yeah no hilarious conversations how do you hi-yo i thought you were about to say hi-yo hi-yo this is how i open up to like this is how i open my like conversations to women on dating apps hi i'm yo i'll fuck you up mario kart hi my name is james tyler i'm the i'm the lead singer of toxic wizard 25 records sold (laughs) 25 cassettes sold yeah yeah, yeah. 25 cassette tapes sold by my other band (laughs) Ah <laughs> oh, man! All right, do we want to get into the festivities? Oh, I also I grill them all. I tried the burger of the month. It's fucking dang! What was the burger of the month, dude? It was like a freaking. Was it your face? It was not my face. <laughs> I'm not freaking smash. I'm smashing burgers, not smashing face. That's true. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe I don't know. I can't predict the future. True. I can't even predict how these conversations sometimes. That's true. I'm like literally having women engage me, and I'm like, dude, I'm literally trying to scare them off. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I wish I had that much game when I was single. I don't have game. Clearly, you do. I guess I fucking do. Better than fucking good for other good friends that like say they got game. <laughs> or at least at the moment, I only I'm only talking to a couple and, ladies. And, and better game than uh, ex friends redacted. Redacted. That was a big hit actually uh, with the folks when I. When we went to, uh, when mom got to that part about ex friend redacted, and we were just talking shit on Lord of the Rings fans because she knew who I was talking about. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> All right, listeners, we're gonna pull up hot or not. Yeah, give me a second. I like this segment. All right, listeners, let me fucking pull up the track. All right, so good friend Jake today for sent me on Hot or Not. He brought, he had, he gave me a song called SOS featuring Travis Baker by the artist known as Suco. S U E C O. And he wrote down, I don't have a bio for this other than he is a TikTok musician, early 20s. Ooh. And I'm like, he looks like he's in his 30s with all his trashy tattoos. Let me see. 
Oh, fuck yeah. He looks like he's 30. All right. That guy's younger than us? Yes. I think. Yes. Because I'm in my late 20s. Yeah. So am I. I don't even know how it's time. I'm All right. Let's check this track. SOS. When it opens up on Spotify. I'm a year younger than you. Oh, these are nice. That beat's probably What is this? Uh, spirit box? This what? Do you even listen to music? Shut up. I can't remember who it was. There's someone Thomas who's listening to it. Did you hear that auto tune? Yeah, there's some auto tune. What about it? It's really blatant. There's nothing wrong with that. Nice, nice poppy radio song. So yeah, I'll admit this. I actually like this song so yeah. far. It doesn't suck. Maybe Travis Barker brings in actual life. Travis Barker is pretty talented. Here's another biography, actually. I want to read it. What? So yeah, this song's two minutes and 49 seconds. Single length. Oh, there's the auto-tune. And I'm sure you're over here going, Oh my god. Oh, shut up. I just pointed it out. Well, I can tell you this. Listeners, I really don't give a fuck about auto-tune. I'm fine with it being a tool for musical creativity. Well, I am fine, but it's really, it's really blatant to me. It doesn't sound that good. I've heard worse. Oh, I've heard worse. And you know what? Unlike the first Hot or Not track, I can actually tell what's a verse and chorus. Yes. <laughs> well, we had a second one. Oh, yo, here's the bridge. Well, was that even? Was there even much verses or chorus? Was fucking it was, den, dentata. It was just there. Like the parts were there. There was some. You would variation. have a ver- We have a set of bars. Yeah. Well, it could be a ver- be a chorus, a bridge, another set of bars, and then the drop down that made your booty drop. I like this. Made your booty. pretty good yeah that actually didn't suck i actually enjoyed that yeah shut up (laughs) oh shut up vaguely new metal vaguely post grunge music whatever the fuck that was going on so So, yeah yeah. hot or not you know i'm gonna say it's hot that That, was a hot yeah i actually thought that had life it didn't feel boring there was was energy it was catchy the hooks were good there was energy there we Mm -hmm. can actually tell a difference and i like this my only thing is, hey, Bozo, how about you write a fucking song like this? <laughs> this is the this is the music that like Jake wants to write, but also just doesn't let himself write. Yes, it's really weird. It's very weird. <laughs> but yeah, no, good song. Um, and I like uh, the I'm lyrics. I'm Travis Barker helps this dude a lot. Oh, for sure. Like, he, I'm he feeling knows tra- the game. Yeah, no. Well, one, I think he just brings in a little bit more actual straight human element. Oh yeah, he no, actually for, brings no, in yeah. energy. 
<laughs> yeah. Which, which sometimes could be a death for me. It's like, I get it. Some people don't want all energy. They want like really chill music. I other time want to be hyper. I want some my, damn energy. My, 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 my issue with bands that don't have like quote unquote a lot of energy. It's like, okay, fine. You're just doing your song. But just sometimes that little bit of life helps you from being boring. And this song, yeah, the song's kind of by the numbers, modern pop, but it wasn't boring. You know, like I but said, here's the thing. you could call it by the numbers, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's kind of hard for some people to write simple no, songs. No, I wasn't calling it by the numbers in a bad way. I was just I was just making the objective statement that it was pretty by the numbers, but it was still good. You know, so yeah, that that could Oh, and plus I like the lyrics too. They were they were just personal enough, but they were also just vague enough that people can like relate to it, make it more personal. So, yeah, no. Well, very well constructed song. Thanks, Travis. Yes. My only complaint, this dude has a horrible neck tattoo. That thing is like yeah. disgusting and distracting. I was saying though, he people has a, like you make me not want to get tattoos. He has a really neat biography though. I, I've been I wanted to read through it recently. It's called uh, Who uh, Travis Barker? I'm talking about fucking uh, Suko. Oh Suko. No, Travis Barker has money. He can get good <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> What's Suko's neck tattoo? I can't see it. Well, fucking come over here. Look at that shit. Okay. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I give it a hot. I give it a hot. Double hot. Double hot. Hey, yo, go for a boat still. Go fucking write something like this. Yeah, we you can do it, Jake. We believe in you, you jackass. You jack off. All right. Jack off, Jake. All right, I'm going to take a quick piss. We're going to let the let out. Yep. All right, let's get ready. Let's let the let out. For the final time, this is it, ladies fucking and gentlemen. Fucking finally. We're at the road of Led Zeppelin. Coda was released. We could have finished it last time, but fuck no. Yeah, we did enough enough finishing for one epi- for one episode. Yeah, we did enough climaxing on the episode sixty nine. Yeah, so it's the end of our journey. Coda's re- Coda was released a few years after the passing of John Bonham, and was meant to be an epilogue, the closing of the chapter of Led Zeppelin and rock. Hence, then why it's named Coda. It opens up here with track one. It's called We're Gonna Groove. Now, first thing about this record, I've said it the last few weeks, but just to reiterate, this is a compilation album of outtakes throughout the years. There's not a lot. There's only eight. And it's actually, I think, I did the math. I think this is actually like Led Zeppelin's shortest album. Most of their albums are about, you know, averagely 40-ish minutes. This is like 33 so, yes, track one here. Um, it's some good old-fashioned rockabilly fun. Uh, this one's kind of a weird one, too, because on Wikipedia, it says, like, what it's an outtake from, right? So this song was... This song was recorded live, but they overdubbed the guitars and took away the crowd noise. I'm not sure why they did that, but besides that, it was all right. It was a messy, period-appropriate rocker song, and I was fine with it. It's uh, it's in and out quick. I gave it a 6 out of 10. All right, for me, I wrote down the song was pretty tight. With a fun breakbeat drums and yes. then with psychedelic guitars, I give it a seven out of ten. Mm. I almost gave it a seven. I I, I, was I felt like I wanted this to had ener- this had a little life and energy for me. It's like you know what? I don't hate this, especially considering some scores I gave to the other ones. I was fighting myself all. Uh, I was fighting myself. I'm like, should I change that first one to a seven? But I did six, so I'm gonna stick with it. Track two is called Poor Tom. It's a Led Zeppelin 3 outtake, apparently. You can kind of tell. It's another an all right song. It's a folky one, and it made me be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Just fucking Led Zeppelin used to have mad-ass folk influences in, like, their earlier albums. It kind of made me unironically miss it. Kind of nostalgic. Like, oh, hey, yeah. it's been a minute since we got that. No, I totally agree on that. Yeah, it was fine. Another quick one. Uh, the acoustic guitars were interesting, and I liked its rhythm. Uh, John Bonham was always really good on these on drums. Uh, this one was another six out of ten. 
Yeah, for me, because I'm like trying to grab timestamps. I wrote down, well, a folk boy. Kind of missing mm-hmm. getting these type of songs. They usually like, they usually kind of throw you off a hook. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's like Led Zeppelin. Hard rock. Ultimate hard rock band. I'm like, they have a lot of fucking folk songs. Yeah, they Sometimes do. Sometimes it's like some of their best songs, too. It was half of Led Zeppelin 3. But I give this a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. What did yeah. you give it? Sorry. I gave it a 6. Look at that. Yeah, On the bro. same page. That Jimmy page. Oh. <laughs> That's a little funny. Um, no, that was fucking dumb. That was a little... I thought it was funny. Fuck you. Take the compliment. So, this is a weird one. Track three. According to Wikipedia... Track three here was recorded on 9 of January, 1970 at the Royal Albert Hall in London. It was a sound rehearsal edited version. I don't really know what that means, but I do know I instantly wanted to hate the song at first because it starts out going, I can't quit you, baby. And then it went into a fucking blues song. And I was like, now if i'm honest it's a more upbeat blues song than they've played other times but i'm gonna be i feel like these guys really only know how to do one blues song you can change up the tempo all you want but they uh, i know what you're gonna say uh, and yes there kind of only is one blues song (laughs) but that doesn't make it any better uh but i you know i did appreciate how dirty the guitar sounded and i'll be honest the solos were a little tasty but the song didn't do much for me i was glad it was only four minutes i gave it a i gave it a five yeah you know what? i wrote down it was a blues noodling rocker but to me we've dealt with way more punishing led zeppelin blues songs yeah i think i really like the guitar soloing noodling yeah yeah it was i good. gave it a six but you know what? i have a feeling i should give it a five and if you want to all right let's give it a five sure i'm gonna do what you're doing <laughs> I, the worst blues songs were on their first one. Yes. <laughs> so yes. At, least we, at least we got them out of the way. Track four is called Walter's Walk. Apparently, this is in uh, a Houses of the Holy outtake with, according to Wikipedia, with possibly later overdubs. Honestly, this song reminded me more of Physical Graffiti, but whatever. It's just a rocker song. I didn't really get too much quirky commentary on it. It's just kind of there, and it didn't really do much for me, but I didn't absolutely hate it. I gave it a 5.5. Don't worry, I did my own math. All right, so forget song, the song four. Yeah. yeah, I wrote down, I was like, you know what? This is a fun rocker. Like, we've heard more inspired rocker songs done by Zeppelin before. Mm-hmm. But for fun factor, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Mm, okay, like it was pretty easy to indulge, and I was actually like, it was fun. I'll give it a seven. If That's I think fair. it's fun, I'll give it a seven. That's fine. Track five is Ozone Baby. This is an outtake from In Through the Outdoor, and boy, howdy, is one. Is it one? We made jokes last time about how, you know, In Through the Outdoor sounded kind of poppy. Then it came into that whole thing where it's just like, well, I don't want to call it pop. And you're like, bro, Zeppelin is a pop act. This this, 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 uh, this song, to me, sounded like radio single pop song. And I just wrote here, ooh. Because it was one of those ones where Robert Plant goes off and does all that. It, this I wrote here. This sounds like it could have been a Rod Stewart song. They do this change up in the middle because they think they're clever, but it didn't do much for me. I gave it a five. I wrote down this was a fine mid-paced rocking pop song. I guess it wasn't offensive. I'll give it a six out of ten. That's fine. If you want. If you want. If I do want. Now, song six. <laughs> it's called Darlene. I th- he, The way he said it, it was like Darling, but it's wrote Darlene, like the name. And I just wrote here, ooh, ooh, yeah, come on, come on, come on. 
because Plant does that throughout the song. It's another in through the outdoor uh, outtake. It's all right, I guess. It's a hip shaker, I wrote. The piano. Uh, there's a piano in the song, and it's the star of the song, and I'm happy for it. It helped it stand out. Uh, and then I wrote, Plant sounds old again. And then at one point he says, boogie, woogie, woogie, smile. And I wrote here, I actually honestly would have given this a seven, but Plant broke out his Elvis impersonation voice again. So six out of ten. For me, I wrote down, well, we have an attempt to do Elton John and Led Zeppelin. And it was, I thought it was fun. I'll give it a seven out of ten. I couldn't once he broke out the Elvis voice. I just couldn't. You mean the fucking Honey Drippers voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Honey Dripper voice. <laughs> song seven. Oh, this is an interesting one. Okay. This, this was an interesting song. This is called Bonzo's Montreux. I don't know what that Bonzo's means. Bonzo's Montreux? It's, I don't know what that what Montreux means. <laughs> Wiki says it was recorded. It just says it was recorded in 1976. It was recorded in the year of 1976. I'm not sure what the title means, but it did start out. sugar. It did start out with a cool drum beat and then another one and then another one and then and I'll skip to the halfway point here at about a minute 45 then some keyboardy things come on and okay y'all remember Moby Dick yeah well this is Monstro it's just a drum solo with with some backing instrument stuff but I'll say there this. was more to this than Moby Dick yeah yeah like oh not much no but not like, much Mo, yeah Moby Dick didn't this really was, set a bar on like how much to add on this was better than Moby Dick I think uh, and I wrote here, it's a drum solo with song structure. It's all right. Not a bad listen, but it was interesting. Good, interesting. I, I was actually really digging this one for some reason. I gave it a 6.5. Well, if for me, for song seven, well, if you want, what was the name of the song again? Bonzo's Montreux. Hey, so for Bonzo's Montreux, if you, well, if you want Bonham Grooving, and dudes making weird sounds to follow the the follow it with their fucking weird production. Yeah, yeah. The song's for you. Yeah. There's a lot of just, hey, yo, Bonham, lay something sick, and then we're going to fucking just make weird shit. Yeah. With whatever's around the studio. <laughs> Sorry for my French voice. Beignet. Beignet. I want to go with my New Yorker voice. Hey, yo, guy, what's this going? What's this bonjour? No shit. Hey, what's this gobble goo bullshit? What's the fucking next song, guy? Last song is This ain't no hoity toity bullshit here. You're gonna doubt my mama's deli food? I'll fuck you up. Track eight is called Wearing and Tearing. It's a fast paced monster song. Oh, what? Well, it was it was it was faster paced than the rest of the songs here. Catchy, get stuck Some in your head. Go so I, fast. Yeah, I know. I couldn't. I this is apparently another one that's in through the outdoor outtake. I couldn't believe it because this didn't sound poppy or boring. Uh, and yeah, it was alright. I liked the they did this like weird tempo pickup at the end. It was a good note to end off on. I gave that one a seven. Last song for me. I'm like, this is the most noodly riff. Paige, please stop. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Good song, though. Eh, you know, fuck it. Six out of ten. <laughs> so, overall, my score is a 47 out of 80. I'm not counting my scores. That's nah, fine. So, yeah, uh, that was Led Zeppelin. 47 out of, yeah, Led Zeppelin's Coda. You yeah. asked me in a summary of this album, like, this isn't the most boundaries-pushing Zeppelin we've heard. Yeah. Because that's one thing I'll admit that's been kind of cool with Zeppelin. They push a lot of boundaries with their music. For almost like, every album, They have, album, like, yeah. big hard rock hit songs that are, like, can stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. But then there's just stuff that they do that I'm like, 
That's some weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hits and it's interesting. Sometimes it's misses and could be pseudo interesting or not. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Fucking Zeppelin is definitely musically. They push a lot. Like, I do say or like definitely push boundaries on what they want to do. They don't like stick to one formula. For the most part, they don't stagnate. But as I said, this this Coda wasn't their most boundaries pushing Zeppelin. And a lot of these songs were kind of basic, but good and fun sometimes. It was kind of a safe album. Yeah, yeah. We've heard worse from bands trying to em- emulate Zeppelin. Yeah, we have. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was all right. Um, I feel like Bonzo's Montreux is like the sole like, that, marketing, <laughs> marketing thing on this. Because Wait, why? Oh, why? Because Bonham Bonham had passed away at that point. So it's like, oh, hey, here's a, here's a John Bonham jamming song. Um. Yeah. So if I had to summarize my thoughts on Led Zeppelin, you know, I'm glad I took this journey because it's one I've wanted to do for a long, long time. And now I can say I've listened to every Led Zeppelin album. And, you know, I started this journey with the mindset. I'm like, man, Paige is all right. I feel like he's kind of overrated. And I'm like, you know, like he's you no know, like him as a guitar player is yeah. very good and competent. Yeah. Like he's not drizzling dog shit oh no i'd never say but that. he's a little excessive yeah and my yes. whole and, and when i started you know my whole thing was with plant you know it's just like you know it's pretty honestly he's a good singer but he just kind of just one thing and just never shuts up and then never I'm, shuts up but i do feel like his voice does sometimes have a personality of its own oh it does i don't feel like you like it's, it can be a very punishing and annoying but sometimes i feel like you don't get much people around allowing just them to do weird shit with their voice not anymore and then, uh, and then when I also started this journey, I was like, "But you know what? That bottom and that John Paul, they, 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 they hold it down. They're a good rhythm section. They're and awesome rhythm I section. feel like an asshole because at the end of this journey, I feel like my opinions mostly haven't changed at all. But now I have well, more like context. Kn- but it seems like you know Zeppelin. You knew Zeppelin well enough going. I into know. This. I know Zeppelin. I didn't know Zeppelin now. well enough going into this. And then, like, I can literally now have a conversation talking about Led Zeppelin. Yes. I'm like, dude, they're not all hard rock songs. They have a lot of fucking weird folks. Songs. And some progs shit too. Yeah, they by themselves have made was it brought in the fucking self indulgent self indulgent prog rock scene of the seventies. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I can definitely. I mean, I never, I never not respected them, yeah. but I can definitely say I have more of a respect for their legacy. And I'll tell you, I definitely came into this and I appreciated them more as a band than I did individual players because I always said that you know it always felt like when people talk about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> They always talk about them as like an individual guitar player, bassist, drummer, or, singer, but not so much as like a functioning like unit. unit. Yeah, as a band. And I feel like as a band, I was given something better. You know, I wasn't like necessarily like, oh, blown away by the by the legacy of so and so. I was blown away. I was quote unquote blown away, or at least now I'm more understanding of the legacy of them as a band, rather as them as individuals. It's kind of like the exact opposite of the Beatles, where the Beatles yeah, like they're a band, but for the most part, you identify with the Beatles like as the individual Beatles. You know, they're they they grew to be bigger than the band. But with Led Zeppelin, I find I identify with the band more as a band and less as them as like individual. You well, know, you can't say singers. Yeah, you can say like them as individuals too. Like oh, they totally. each were like talented like players of their own craft. Yeah. But as says as a band though, they wrote like a lot of interesting songs. And as I said, not all songs are gonna be great. And I can see some people not caring for Zeppelin. But yeah. for me, Zeppelin's a very interesting band. And I appreciate very, that they took risks. Dude, they're definitely a band where it's like they have albums that like you 
that are just like you dissect if you're just like if you're a songwriter and you listen to them they have a lot of cool ideas yeah they have a lot of like freaking ideas that like i guess some people feel i don't know where i'm going with that but as i said like freaking it's very interesting when you at when you sit down you have a music appreciation class you Mm -hmm. sit down and you actually pay attention and challenge yourself to listen to them yeah yeah as you pay as i said it's like if you pay attention to them there's a lot of stuff but as background music they kind of suck sometimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's fair. They enough. do have great songs, though. Oh, Some yeah. songs are set that's the time. I don't think anyone can write, dude. I don't think anyone can write a fucking immigrant song. <laughs> no, you kidding? Like people can write like almost a stairway to heaven. There's a lot of songs that can have, that but that same song's vibe. been so like homaged and just, just, just completely, just like loved and hyped for 50 years. That that makes sense. Now then, what do you think is your fuck? Should we rank these albums? I forgot I wanted to rank them ahead of time, but there's not that many. I'll just pull up the Wikipedia. All right. Uh, what do you think is the worst one? Oh, I'm telling you right now, that's still Presence for me. Oh, fuck. Presence was like, yeah. like, And that's the thing. There's like the freaking one song everyone likes that's the fucking Iron Maiden song. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a good riff, but Robert Plant's so fucking bored. Bored, on. yeah. I'm like, he does not want to be there. And that's one thing that's interesting about Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You listen to them, you feel how they grow as people and how much they hate themselves as time goes on. <laughs> it's so fucking interesting. Yeah, yeah. You can tell when they hit their dry spell and they're just fucking hating what they're doing right now. Oh, for sure. And then there's the next album, like Enter the Outdoor, where they have a little bit more life, but then you can kind of also sense like the band's kind of wrapping up. Like they did good on that album. Because at that point, when Into the Outdoor came out, it had been 10 years since the first album came out. Yeah. And also the second one, because they came out the same year. So my personal list, I'll just do it real quick here. Um, I would definitely put presence at the bottom. The next presence, yes, at the bottom. That was definitely a bet. Like, there's like the first song's great, has a great wall. It's just fucking it's the song of achilles yeah it also had i'm uh, like i can never remember it was like uh, presence uh, presence also does have that one radio punisher that ow 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 but i I forgot how you felt about that one yeah and like songs achilles is a cool song but at the same time it's just like that the album's the worst of a a bunch yeah your description had it best if you have insomnia this album will put you to sleep oh fuck that's right (laughs) sorry it's been two weeks listeners i can't remember my own shit sometimes so this may surprise folks but after presence i would actually put uh i would actually put coda and physical and then physical graffiti physical graffiti i really wasn't the hugest fan when i first listened to it but it's one of those things like upon reevaluation i'm not saying i like some of the songs i didn't like on there more than when I listen to him, but I feel like after listening to Presence and then In Through the Outdoor, I kind of appreciated what Physical Graffiti brought to the table because you said it yourself. You're just like, bro, you said something effective like, bro, Physical Graffiti just like took it out of them that you know that big fat double album. So that's uh, so it would go Presence, then Coda, the Physical Graffiti. Then I would actually put. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry. Let me switch Physical Graffiti with the first album because I actually do like Physical Graffiti more than that. Um, then it would uh, then it would go in through the outdoor because I didn't think it was that bad. Then I would go Led Zeppelin. Let me see here. Then I would go Led Zeppelin. You're going from bottom to top? Yeah. All right, so where are you at? So there's Presence. Then what's after that? So right now it's going Presence, then Coda, then Led Zeppelin 1. Then physical graffiti. Okay. And then in through the outdoor. Okay. 
then I would probably put, I would go, then I would go four, three, and two. Isn't that the list then? And then my favorite, believe it or not, is Houses of the Holy. Okay. I don't know what it is. I, I really, really like that one. All right. Let's see my list. I don't have it written down, so I need you. Oh, okay. Here you go. So for sure, at the bottom, yeah, it's definitely Presence. For sure. That's was definitely like the like harsh, like not the best of them all. And then I will then, out of all these, all right, we got Presence and Through the Outdoor. I'm just trying to think as it going up. Mm. So yeah, I would then put Houses of the Holy, like from like worst the like worst the best. So like Coda, Houses of the Holy, and then bring in. See, so, yeah, yeah, it's no then through the outdoor, Led Zeppelin two, Led Zeppelin one. Mm. I really like. See, Led Zeppelin one and three are kind of the same thing for me. They're similar. They're both similar in like the vibe of just Led Zeppelin three. Just swaps out all the blues for folk. Fuck it, I'll just put Zeppelin three above Zeppelin one. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't know where the fuck I'm at right now. All right. Oh yeah, right. There's fucking Coda too. God damn it. <laughs> all right. Bottom is Presence. Houses. I think it was like I did not care for Houses of the Holy. I think like Enter the Outdoor, Coda, mm-hmm. Zeppelin 1, Zeppelin 3, Zeppelin 2, Zeppelin 4, and Physical Graffiti is my top. Damn. I feel like I feel like do you think our do you think our list of albums are like different lists for for Led Zeppelin people? Cause because uh, I, I don't know what mo- how most Led Zeppelin fans grade their albums. Here's but. the thing, it's like I thought physical graffiti going in. For an hour and what twenty minutes, I'm like, "Fuck me, this album's gonna be long." <laughs> but that was the easiest hour and twenty minutes, and that was some of the most. Un- that was like them doing a lot of unique shit, and it was pretty interesting for a double album. That's honestly the best double albums I have listened to, and I thought it was super awesome as an album as whole. Zeppelin Four Side A is fucking untouchable. That was so fucking good. But then side B cannot survive side A. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? It's just like, what's fair? And then everything else is kind of like, I'm just trying to remember on vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. But yeah, Led Zeppelin. Good, good, uh, good fun. Glad we did it. What what do you want to listen to next? Well, do you want to consult the book? Oh, fuck. We got the book. (laughs) All right, yo, grab the book. As I will describe. So Edward is standing up. He's dropping off his headphone. Uh, Edward got a message. I thought it was me getting a message. He almost knocked down a friggin' uh, drum ring thing up here. I'm gonna stand up and grab the drum ring. Son of a bitch. I'm at. Son of a bitch. Oh, Jesus. Son of a bitch. James almost fell. But, but I didn't fall. Ha ha ha. Wow, we were able to really talk about Led Zeppelin for a minute. I also ranted a lot about life. It's all right. Timestamps, yeah. listeners. Timestamps. You can literally just go to wherever. You aren't offending me. Yeah. Okay. Left, right, forward, back. Triple D on, on the, the attack. attack. Yeah. <sighs> oh, fuck's sake. Okay, we have a choice. We can either listen to Rocky Sops Melody AM. Or Jay-Z. Or Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Well, I see Jay-Z, and fuck it. <laughs> Let's go to Jay-Z The Blueprint. Okay. This is going to be interesting because- How long is the album? 
an hour and three and a half and three minutes. I hate fucking CD era the, music. Uh, the other one is forty five minutes. Well, I see Jay Z and I I ain't scared. Bring it on. Okay. That's gonna be interesting because I'm really not a fan of Jay Z. So we'll, well see if he can turn me. We'll see if it's worth being in a thousand and one albums you need to listen to before we die. That came out September that album came out September eleventh. All right, listeners. Are you ready for the meat of the podcast? Oh, there's some meat. Special in this potpourri podcast. today. We're here to today for this podcast, we watch 1988 film Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. Guess who's back? Back again. Zadar is back. Tell a friend. Yes, because we have reviewed movies with Zadar. Well, a movie with Zadar before. Yes. And he's got a massive, <laughs> gnarly looking chin. Yeah. He's a very interesting looking dude. You'll remember Robert Zadar when we reviewed legendary film uh, Samurai Cop with memorable characters like Joe Samurai, Franklin Fushiyama. the Cop, Fujiyama, and my favorite. Wait, canon, his name is Fuji Fujiyama. <laughs> and possibly my favorite. Um, I forgot his name because there was like eight, but a gay Filipino man. This oh, yeah. movie, however, oh, let me tell you, I, I almost wasn't ready for this movie. You weren't? Almost. Bro, we just finished Rock Love. That's true. I just meant because there's a certain mindset you got to have when you get into these B movies, you know? You weren't ready? No, no. Well, you had all week. What were you doing all week? Uh, what the fuck was I doing all week? Oh, yeah. I was I was working and uh, playing Final Fantasy X. <laughs> and at some point, we decided to watch Maniac Cop and take yeah. notes. So we open with a credit calls intense music plays set to the footage of presumably our maniac cop suiting up. He's got the gloves, the tie, the tie clip. He looks fucking good. I wrote down how much shit goes on his fucking belt. It was literally like they'll stop. Like every time he puts on an article of clothes <laughs> or some item on his belt, yeah. they would drop a name and then he continue on. And I'm like, he was like putting on like five items on his belt. I'm yeah. like, God. Damn, bro! How much items do you need? I wrote here. I said the man need. is. I said I, I wrote here. I said the man is dressed to kill. Get it? Because he's a killer. Well, yeah, that we're aware of. It could be any cop, though. Come on. True. Go on. Spoiler. Notable cat. Well, we don't even know it's him. It's just a fucking cop in a dark room putting on fucking his cop gear attire. Notable. And taking fucking forever. Notable cast peeps in this roll call are Bruce Campbell, and they don't say it, but Sammy Raim, Sam Raimi is actually in this film for a small role near the end. He was one of the newscasters for the parade. Oh shit, he was? Yeah, yeah. Why do I feel because like Because him and Bruce Campbell are in best friend are best friends. Dude, I was watching one of the newscasters and I'm like, why do I feel like I know this guy? That's the that, I don't that's know Sam how. Raimi. And I don't know if I even know what Sam Raimi looks like. Maybe I do. And then, of course, the homie, Robert Zadar. Almost everyone in this uh, in this cast has a wiki, so that's neat. Uh, and none of them are, like, nobody's either. Thank like, no God. One, no one here is, like, super duper famous, but most of them had, you know, decently long careers. So after man gets dressed. Oh, and by the way, I timed this opening montage. It was, like, two fucking minutes of intense synth music and man getting dressed up. Yeah, fucking B-movies with their stupid intros sometimes. <laughs> We cut to whatever. <laughs> Not my art piece. You can make your movie how you want to. It's true. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean if I'll like it or not. If I exactly. like it, I'll say I like it. If I don't like it, I'll say I don't like it. Yeah, that's that's what a review is. That's what we're doing. Whatever. I just know we open up with <laughs> what it seems to be pre 9-11 shots of the New York City Twin Towers. Oh, that is. Yeah, that I'm like, OK, that's a fucking trip right there. Seeing that site. But I'm like, wait, what fucking city is this movie in as we go on? I think it's supposed to be New York. 
But they make played off where it's like not New York. Did they say the name New York? It's like it was a mix of New York and the Bay Area at times. Fuck, you're right. I, there was a lot of like stuff going down at piers, and then they go to freaking prisons on islands. People can't see. But me, it my wasn't face. like Alcatraz. It was like, what yeah. is the city? Oh wait, no. Unless New York just has island prisons. They, they're, yeah, they're Staten Island. I think it's Staten Island. That's not a prison. That's just a freaking like town. No, wait. They do have one. I I'll look it up. I don't later. know the freaking coast of New York. Yeah. Let's just say that you and I have figured out. Okay. Without looking up information. Okay. That the set piece of the story of the narrative of Maniac Cop is set in New York City. It's Liberty City. Because Liberty, Liberty City, City was like was like New York, but it wasn't. So and this is like New York, but it wasn't. So we're now reviewing Grand Theft Auto movie. Game. Yeah, dude. So we then cut to a shot of the New York Harbor and or what sorry, the Liberty City Harbor, and then we cut to a club with a lady walking out, presumably leaving at the end of her shift. Oh, and also I pause it at this point as she's walking because it said executive producer James Glickenhaus. Two things. That's a fucking name. One, that's a dope ass last name. And second, Glickenhaus. Glickenhaus. And second, Glickenhaus. And second, so you've now officially dated Rocco Love Ashley, got paid hush money by Vince McMahon after running steroids to Hulk Hogan, and now you've produced a Robert Zadar film. How do you feel? Dude, Universe Me is a pretty busy lad sometimes. So Even me, I feel like I'm too busy for my own good. So these are my notes, okay? She's walking. And the walking, world of the streets of New York. Walking. There's some thunder. And she's walking. Some unnecessary thunder. Walking. On a rainless night. Seriously, this walking goes on forever. It goes on for like, I don't know, minutes, days, fucking years, man. Whatever, she's walking in, she gets attacked by some thugs. She gets jumped by some muggers, and the guy says, Give me the money. Sweetheart. Hey, yo, give me the money, sweetheart. Which I couldn't get a look at the other guy. I believe they were both minorities. Yes. One of them. Okay, they were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what That was my thought that came to mind. I'm like, they're minority characters, aren't they? <laughs> and the woman was white that they attacked. Oh, yes. But she fights them off. Yeah, she fought them off pretty like, soundly. I was like, oh, I thought she got, I thought she was about to get fucking fucked. Well. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. Don't spend too much time on it. Yeah, don't spend too much the word play. It, like, I'm like, sending like, dude, it's just only getting worse. But she fights them off. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, shocked. Am I like, okay? Yeah, that's cool. I thought like she'd be fucking getting her shit kicked out by them while they try to steal her ship and fucking yeah. maniac pops, pops up and fucking mercs them. But no, she's running away. For she about gets a solid a minute, yeah. she's hiding. She hides in the children's park. She's hiding. Hiding. Makes a break for it. And she finds a tall, ominous... I don't know why I said o- ominous. Ominous. I know. I was like about to say it was. I just wrote. I basically said communist without the C. <laughs> ominous. Was Robert Zadar communist agenda revealed? Whatever. We see an ominous figure in a cop uniform. As Shrouded lady, in shadow. Yes. As this lady's like, oh my God, you're a cop. Thank God. Help me. I'm getting chased by these like thugs. But uh oh, SpaghettiOs. This isn't a cop. It's a maniac cop. And yeah, he kills her. Yeah, dude. She freaking, gra- he grabs her by the neck, ragdolls her around and just snaps her freaking twig neck. And then after that, um, then the muggers run. 
Because I just saw a lady get murdered by a freaking Terminator-sized cop. Dude, Robert Zadar, I didn't really realize it in Samurai Cop. He's fucking huge, man. At least in this movie. They this portray- movie. They, they made portray- him look 10 feet tall. Yeah, they portray him as a big, tall motherfucker. So then the, after they run, we didn't cut to the next day where police arrive on the scene. But the muggers are with them. They drag them out of the police car. They slam their faces into the gate to look at the body. And then we cut to the mortuary. As like okay. the, hey, all I just know the, the like friggin' the muggers like it was a cop, it was a big cop. Hey guy, come on, it wasn't us, it was some fucking cop. He was a big guy. He was a big guy cop. He was like throwing the fucking light post. He racked all that later like it was fucking nothing. He did, man. So now at the morgue. So two dudes are walking down a, a long, creepy hallway to talk to him, and uh, they go to talk to the coroner, and the coroner has a very pointy mullet. I noted. This is the late 80s. Yeah. The coroner details the cause of death to our two de- detectives. Frank, who's one of the main characters, and a guy named... I didn't get this other guy's name. He wasn't in the castles. I think his name was Lovejoy. I don't know. Did you get his name? No, but for sure we meet one of the main characters f- yeah. throughout the film. So he goes into detail. Yeah, her neck is destroyed, and then Frank... Like, is- they <clears throat> literally said, like, dude, she got friggin' re- Like, dude, it, this thing was kind of basically eviscerated. Yeah. Uh... She got Zadar destroyed her. And Frank is like, I know this gal. She was a real funny guy at this bar. She was a real funny guy at the bar. Yeah, the bar. She's a funny guy. She's like, he's like, there's no way two kids did this. That this was totally a cop. And his partner basically goes, bruh, those two guys totally did it. Dude, they totally did it. Come on. And it's like cops be killing people now. Whoever Whoever heard of cops killing innocent people? So now we have freaking a young promiscuous couple driving down <laughs> driving down the road. Yeah, we just shift to they a get POV to- of two pretty young folk drinking and driving, and they almost run a red light. Yes, and they're like, oh shit, and it's like, oh, dude, it was smashed in the face, but then, mm. oh, hey, a dude in the cop uniform knocks on the window, and he goes like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, uh, and he goes out, he tries to make him do a sobriety test. But oh, SpaghettiOs! He pulls out his freaking club knife, club no, sword. No, it was it was one of those police batons, but there was a knife in it. So he unsheathed his police baton, which is actually a knife, and then he and he sliced this dude up like Baraka did to me when I was a kid, and my brother Nick didn't know combo, so he just fucking button mashed. So yeah, after freaking, he just Mortal Kombat slaughtered this dude, throw him at the car, the lady screams her head off, and then was able to mob away. There's this honestly like cool shot when the maniac cock throws the dude onto the windshield of the car, right? Lady's screaming, she's struggling to turn the car on, turns on the wipers, you can see like the blood reflect on her. It's, it's, I'm being honest, it's like pretty good, like legit cinematography. Also, I forgot. Fuck, I fucked up my joke. Okay, so after he gets killed... Um, we cut now we to see Frank. the chief and a commissioner talk. Yeah. Uh, so oh, are the detective Frank? I never got his name. No, his name's Frank. Uh, talking to Commissioner Pike. You know who? You know who that was playing Pike? Who? That was fucking Shaft. The old Shaft? Yeah. Roundtree. I need a freaking wiki that real quick. <laughs> Continue on. So he is exclusively referred to in my notes as Shaft now. Shaft is like, bro, how can it be a cop? It sounds like someone's trying to make us look bad. And Frank's like, bruh. Then Frank then Frank goes, We should get mental health checks on all the boys. And Shaft is like, oh sure, why don't we do why don't we why don't we mental check the whole force while we're at it? I'm like, that'd probably make life easier for everyone for a while, but whatever. Yeah. And then Shaft is like, you seem to know an awful lot about this guy. 
When's the last time you had a mental health check? Didn't you try to shoot yourself a few years ago? I'm like, well, that's a fucking shift right there. I stopped and snorted. Not because that's funny, but I'm like, wow, that's fucking abrupt, isn't it? That was very abrupt. And then Frank is like, the gun just went off. And Shaft is like, "Uh uh-huh. That's why it happened 10 days after your partner was killed. You're not the same man anymore. You don't smile much. And then Frank tries to force a smile. I just wrote here. Oh, yeah, they have established the commissioner as kind of a dickhead. Yeah, I wrote here in all caps, dialogue, acting, backstory. Yay. So now we got some wise guy, jazz guy, walking the streets at night. He goes to his car, and then handcuffs get slammed on his hand out of nowhere. And he's like, yo, officer, I didn't do nothing. And then realizes, oh, shit, he's trying to kill me. Yeah. So, freaking, he's getting chased down the freaking, like, road. You get a cool shot where he tries to go to an apartment complex. He's trying to make whatever, buzz whatever call to see who can answer him to get him in so he doesn't get slaughtered by the cop. But the maniac cop rolls up anyway. He grabs him and then just jams his face in the concrete. And yeah. he's suffocated but concrete. I, I wrote here, the guy kind of looked like a softcore version of Ric Flair. He like had his 90s haircut. He was the wise guy, jazz guy. You so got anything he, to comment on this death? Uh, it's kind of, well, death by suffocation is always one I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. But uh, the death by suffocation by cement, that's kind of unique. We cut to a bar and we see a lady named, what's her name, Tiffany? Yeah. Well, don't we see some mayor geek tripping on the deaths? Uh, fuck, I think you're right. I thought I thought I wrote that down. Yeah, don't we get, like, dude, I think this is the start of these fucking mayor edits. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, someone happened, and then we get what we were established is, I presume, the mayor of the story, mayor of the town. Yeah. He does play a part in the story, but the film quality is a fucking abrupt, mm-hmm. a freaking very abrupt shift. Yeah. It's stupidly grainy and foggy. Like, like... The rest of the film, pretty clear. Yeah. look bad. But these fucking mayor shots, kind of dog shit. You know, I, I watched a pretty good quality version of the video of the movie, too. Uh, it, it was actually up for free on YouTube, and but the quality was like 720. I was like, damn, this looks nice. But then those came on. I'm like, this looks like shit. That's the movie's fault. That's not YouTube's fault. But yeah. Still. So then we cut to a bar, Tiffany, and she goes to meet Frank, who is wearing like this weird, like sparkly jacket with stars on him or something. I don't know. I just know he tells her that the guy is killing people, and she goes, Jesus, a maniac cop? Uh, she said it. Uh, she said the title. So she's a reporter. Uh. <laughs> so she's a reporter, right? And her hand, and he hands her a file of information. I'm not sure how he has that much information, considering he hasn't been shown doing research, but fuck it, maybe he's got, like, Batman detective vision or some shit. So next day, as a newscast plays out, we we're at, we cut to a car somewhere listening to her newscast, right? Like, no, her car is, like, smoking like a motherfucker. It's like, yeah. ma'am, you need to pull over and stop that car now. <laughs> she is, uh, what's that? I just wrote here, the car's stalling. Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah, okay. Eh, it's something breaking. Like, her car's breaking down. Yeah. And then a cop car rolls up. And then... But the newscast was talking about how, like, freaking there's cops killing people. Like, there's a cop going around killing people. The guy taps on her car window and then she reaches off the side into her purse, and then she goes, you ain't gonna get me, and shoots the cop in the fucking face. And I, and him, we are presume it's an innocent cop. Yeah, because obviously it wasn't Robert Zadar. Yeah. But yeah, I was just, I'm not laughing because the cop got killed. I'm just like, the witch, you ain't gonna get me. And it's like that, and it's like that 
cheesy old like gun effect they used to use back then where it's not to, it's not now it's like a it's like a or something so i i got a chuckle out of that yeah no it was a pretty hilarious scene so at the cop station shaft is pissed he's talking to a he's talking to a cop about it and then this man with a thick New York accent goes, it's costing the taxpayers money every day. It's costing the taxpayers money that every was, day. That was my big takeaway. I found out that the other guy in here was um, some guy named Ripley, but I, they didn't say his name at the time. Yeah. So as the police has figured out in this situation, we're introduced to Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah. this The lead up was great because then we cut to someone suiting up. Then we cut to a hand cutting out newspapers. Uh, and then it's done by a lady who walks into the next room, and then, yeah, the guy getting dressed is Bruce fucking Campbell. It took him, like, 20 minutes to show up. Yeah. But I was really happy he was here. It was kind of concerning. I'm like, I thought he was, like, the main character of this movie. You may remember Bruce Campbell famously for his star-making role as the tutorial guy from the Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man video games. Yes. On the PS2. And also, uh, he was in some movie called Bad Death or something. So, and also, you know, <clears throat> Evil Dead. No, I know that was the joke. Evil Dead, Bad Death. No, oh. I know. I'm fucking. I'm a fucking genius. He was also the ring announcer in Spider Man One. That's right. He had a cameo in all his movies, but the ring announcer is the only one I remember. Yeah. Sam, because him and Sam Raimi are like best fucking friends. I guess yeah. seriously, they cameo he each other shit all like, the time. He was also a very fun secondary char- side character in Burn Notice. That t- television I would, shows. That, dude, I did a ch- that show lasted like fucking almost nine years. It started in like two thousand. Well, I I'm think glad seven? Bruce Campbell had so much to like work off that <laughs> one show. Yeah, uh, I heard Ash versus Evil Dead was pretty good, but it, it got, wasn't a bad series. But it got canceled though, so the story didn't actually get wrapped up. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Ish, Ish. is kind of open ended, like so. His, yeah, Ash versus Evil does good series. Yeah, so his wife is like, "You don't talk about work," and then Bruce is like, "Hey, baby, I just want to forget." She's like, "He used to talk to me," and he's like, "Look, sweetheart, I told you I'd do the therapy and pay the bills, but you didn't want to hail to the king, baby." So the idea is his wife is scared of him for some reason, and their marriage is in turmoil. But Bruce Campbell has the duty, so he can't exactly stay with her this night. He's also taking overtime, as she claims. Overtime. And he's like, don't worry, baby. We'll like go out. Yeah. We'll make a weekend this weekend. How about that? I'll like get <coughs> off, and then we can like go out to the countryside. She doesn't like being alone, but he reassures her, you know, locks on the door. She's got a gun, and he leaves. And then she gets a phone call from some creepy sounding lady on the phone. She's like, he went out again, didn't he? And I'm like, uh-oh, spaghetti. He's gonna kill again, isn't he? <laughs> it's dated through... <laughs> <laughs> it's dated through dialogue that this lady's been calling the uh, Bruce Campbell's wife for a while. She At least gr- that's what we can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> you good, bro. No, I'm gonna okay. keep going. She grabs the gun and leaves the apartment with the intention of tailing Bruce Campbell. As she tails him to a hotel. And uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, he gets into a suspicious-looking hotel room, and oh, no, he's being an infidelist Isaac. He's yeah, yeah, she, like, gets a key to the room. She goes in and finds out, hey, motherfucker, you've been cheating on me? Fuck you. And she, Which like... I'm like, oh, Bruce Campbell, why? Yeah, she's so she's pissed off beyond belief, then starts pointing the gun at them. And she's it's like, I love it, too, because Bruce's response is when she shows up. It's not it's not what it looks like. No, let me explain. No, even I'm sorry or nothing like that. He's just like, why did you follow me? (laughs) That's what Bruce Campbell's character says. Why did you follow me? It's your fault that you're. 
caught me here cheating on you. Yeah. That's not how you hail to the king, baby. Yeah, whatever. She pulls the gun out on him, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the gun down. But she eventually just bounces out. Yeah, she's like, fuck this, and bails out, leaving the hotel room. But she's unfortunately snatched up by yeah, the she maniac a- cop. Well, she gets a- abducted into a van. Yeah. But then, freaking the next day, a freaking cleaning lady goes to the hotel room where that infidel sex was happening. <laughs> and the cleaning lady finds a dead body. And the dead body is unfortunately Bruce Campbell's wife. Yes. What you say? And, you know, it's, I feel bad for her, too, because she wasn't on screen that long. And I'm going to be honest. No one gives a fuck that she's dead. Bruce Campbell doesn't give a shit. Like he's a well, little he gives a shit that she's dead because now he's getting like contained. No, exactly. But like after the scene that happens here where Captain Ripley, yeah, there's a captain. Uh he goes to talk to Bruce about it. He's like, "Hey, about your wife." Bruce goes, "Uh-oh. Did she talk to you?" I figured she'd be going to a lawyer. The Ripley's like, "Oh, not getting along well, huh?" Bruce goes, "Bro, what the fuck that's supposed to mean? Your wife is dead, Ash." Well, his name's not Ash. You're like, oh, she is she now? Yeah, he, and I forgot I wanted to send you a picture of uh, Bruce Campbell's very serious face during the scene. But he's like, no, no, you got to be wrong. You know, as Ripley's telling about his de- uh, dead wife with this intense music, Ripley dramatically takes off his shades to reveal his big brown piercing eyes and says, want to see the pretty pictures? So now Frank from earlier is interrogating Bruce Campbell and Dude, you missed the mayor's shot. The, fuck, I don't know how I missed these. Were they like really quick? Kind of sorta, yes. Oh shit. What was the mayor shit? Well, I'm trying to like my notes got scrolled up. Oh my god. I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> so yeah, freaking the captain Ripley goes meeting, talks to Bruce Campbell, tells him that his wife is murdered. And then I wrote down, what's up with these fucking mayor edits? The mayor says they found the, like, friggin' the mayor, like, gets word that they possibly found the maniac cop, i.e. Bruce Campbell's character. And, yeah, these fucking mayor edits are fucking, are friggin' egregiously friggin', like, gross. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know how the fuck I missed them, unless they were somehow cut out of my version, but I doubt that. Did you watch it on YouTube? No, I watched it on a different site. Huh. Still... So now Frank from earlier is interrogating Bruce Campbell. No, yeah, they must have been cut out because I'm not shitting you, dude. I My version cut right from that part to Bruce getting interrogated by uh, by Frank. Well, whatever. Nothing really happens during the scene. Then Bruce's lawyer shows up. And even his lawyer thinks that Bruce Campbell did these killings. And Bruce is like, bro, what the fuck? I got a witness, but I can't. I don't want to bring her up. It'll ruin her career. We get it till the end of the week. Then we cut to Frank at a bar, and man, this scene, this 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 little scene of Frank and Ripley at this bar. These suit cops, like big wig detective corporate cops, are watching this TV. There's a lady on, white gal, saying, "I told my kid, you see a cop, you cross to the other side of the street. I see a cop, I'm gone." And then the TV cuts to a black fella on. And he says, and I fucking quote, you know, I'm out here. I've seen plenty of my friends murdered by cops, shot in the back, claiming they had a gun or a knife, claiming that the suspect had a shiny object. They like killing. That's why they're cops. And then they cut to a white dude saying, you know, cops want you to be scared. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, back up, bro. Okay, I watched a different version from you. I just spent. What? I just like found the video that you watched on YouTube and I'm like looking through it. And I'm like. Wow, they're not showing any of these like mayor edits that I kept getting. What? 
We did we did watch the same movie, right? Yes, but I guess I had a different version. I most likely might have got a director's cut. <laughs> Sounds like your version sucked. <laughs> Hold on. You you keep on. I'm gonna see if there's Maniac Cop. Well, where the fuck are we? I've been trying to look what what the what like freaking you were talking about. Uh, it's Frank and Ripley at the bar. Dude, you need it. Oh, my what God. What the fuck is going on? Dude, I don't even know. Oh, my God. So, see, I just Are you sure you didn't just watch Maniac Cop 2? No, I was not watching Maniac Cop 2 because I saw Bruce Campbell getting fucking wrecked. Well, apparently he's in that movie, too. Yeah. But, like, unless they just, like, you know, decided to just do the whole first movie again. Well, in my scene... So, it's like, I like now the chief and the captain's hanging out at a bar as they watch TV and people are hating on cops. Like, yeah, that's the scene I'm on. Yeah, like, literally, they're just, like, watching freaking people, like, they're just watching all these interviews and people just, like, vilifying the cops. I'm like, nothing new? No, no that's the scene I was describing. Yes, I'm just trying to catch up. Okay. And they debate if Bruce killed his wife and, like, what, did Frank? Yes. Feels like, no, he did not kill his wife. I feel like he, like, he... And it's like, well, he... he He's not establishing good alibi because I think he's trying to protect someone. He doesn't want to bring him into this, but I think I need to find out who that is. So then Bruce and the cheat. No, the wait, like forget. Frank goes and talks to Bruce, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I kept mixing the chief with like I thought he was a chief, but he's a detective. So I kind of fucked up. Whatever. Bruce Campbell and then Detective Frank. He go. They both talk. And Bruce Campbell gives up his affair and tells who the lady is, who is an who is a blonde, who's a blonde lady. That's a cop. So now we see a blonde lady. Now we see Bruce Campbell's affair as she's out on duty playing as a hooker, trying to catch yes. dudes, trying to like score, try to like score a blow like a freaking sucking fuck. And she like freaking gets one creep and tells him to bounce. She then goes, walks around a corner down the street. And then she's attacked by the maniac cop. And then she's trying to fight him off, trying to shoot at him and stuff. But fucking bullets are doing nothing. And Detective Frank appears and helps fight, fight him off away from her. All right. Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're at the same. Uh, All right, cool. Okay, great. You want to go on from here? Sorry, my notes are a little bit more like freaking just kind of cut to the point. So... While they're shooting a maniac cop, by the way, the guns seemingly have no effect, and there's, like, smoke emanating from the guns, right? When the smoke clears, the maniac cop pulls a fucking ninja, and it's just nowhere to be found, and they look surprised. But, like, the smoke wasn't thick enough, they shouldn't have not seen him run away. He just dematerialized from existence. Oh, it's fucking Robert Azar. I'm sure he could fucking, like, get the fuck out of there, and we go, like, what happened to him? So now they're at a Where's bar. Where's that giant chin man? So now they're at a bar. Like when he disappears, I'm sure it's like, where did he go? Yeah. So now they're at a bar. She's freaked out. She swears she shot him in the head like twice. Talks about how freaking he was just cold to the touch as he was trying to choke her and shit. Even through his gloves, his hand felt cold. Cold. He asks, um, Frank asks her if she's told anyone about her affair with Bruce Campbell. And she tells him, she told someone named Sally Noland. Uh, some den mother who's been on the force for like 20 years who works in the back. So he gives uh, who is disabled, by the way, in some in some effect. That's important. So he gives her the key to his apartment and instructs her to stay there. And instead of driving, but instead of driving her himself, he calls a cab. We then cut to another precinct where him going to another precinct. Yeah, Detective Frank shows up to her precincts and then he goes up there and talks to that like freaking lady that 
the fair. Uh, I'm just mixing up names. No, her name's Sally. Yeah. Played by Sherry North, who here's a fun fact. At one point in her life was considered by 20th Century Fox to be uh, to be a candidate to be Marilyn Monroe's successor. Hmm. Uh, so he tries to make small talk with her, but he eventually just brings up um, eventually brings up the blonde gal, Teresa, and she freezes up at the mention. He tells her how she was attacked. And when he tells her she's safe, she's relieved that she's alive. But the conversation feels tense and awkward. Yes. He leaves and then she leaves to drive home. But he or so we think and he tails her. Yeah. They're driving, driving and driving. Then they're driving. They're driving and driving. He tails her all the way to the pier. Yeah. Where inside a freaking warehouse we're like outside of a warehouse. Yeah. We see her talking to the maniac cop. What the fuck? After a minute of them walking, and listen, I know it's the maniac cop because, dude, they show a shot from like Frank's point of view looking away from afar, and it's quite a ways away. I could straight up see Zadar's chin from there. Yep. You could straight up see Robert Desire's chin. So Sally's like, bro, what the fuck? I thought you'd be killing bad guys, not innocents. I'm going to stick by you, but you got to stop this killing, Matt. Yeah, you got to stop killing, Matt. Yeah, the maniac cop's name is Matt, but he's Robert Zadar. Now, the chief accidentally startles them, and then she, Sally whips out a gun and tries to shoot at him, but he was able to, like, freaking escape on out of Zadar, there. Zadar, and then when she turns around after shooting... Zadar has the magic ability to disappear again. Zadar has vanished. And then there's a scene where he gets spooked by a security guard, but it just kind of happens and he leaves. Yeah. Then at the cop office, Frank is looking into this Matt person. Turns out he was kind of a loose cannon cop, but apparently a teddy bear. There's another cop with him talking to him about him. And also he had a girlfriend who was also a cop who, when he quote unquote died, the lady threw herself out of a window in a suicidal fit and it crippled her. If those of you out there who have never seen the movie just put two and two together, don't worry. Frank figures it out too. Yeah, it's like it sounds like it's Sally we just met who was yes. just hanging out with the maniac cop. And then we cut to Zadar having it. Well, I was just say having a dream, but he's not. He's just like, do we just get like a sleeping and dream sequence of like the czar going to prison? Yeah, because I guess friggin he got like friggin the mayor character mm-hmm. set him up because the mayor is working the mafia and friggin Robert Zar is just walking through the whole like jail and seeing all the dudes. I guess he put away and stuff or fucking beat the shit out of. And we see Robert Zar taking a shower and dudes to like pop up to try to like jump him and shank him to death. And he is sliced and stabbed to death that we are aware of. Yeah. And he's, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And he does kick their asses for a bit, but yeah, they eventually gang up on him. And, and then freaking we up. get, now we got a mayor edit where the cop from the file room tells off the mayor saying he killed Cordell. <sighs> see, my version didn't have that. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. So friggin' like when Frank was talking about talking to the file dude about like the lady, like that same file dude was talking to the mayor and he was telling him like, yeah, no, seems like you killed Matt Cordell. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm the fucking mayor. So now Frank and Teresa go to Bruce Campbell in the interrogation room. Right. And they're like, bro, the killer was fucking Robert Zadar from Samurai Cop. Bruce Campbell's like, what the fuck is Samurai Cop? And then he's like, I'm going to go look for something, Frank says. And then he goes to Sally's office and looks at her computer, but she gets attacked from behind by Sally, who's screaming hysterically how he knows, he knows, he's coming, he knows I'm no good. And he's- Oh, yeah, if you piss off the czar, who's <laughs> fucking slaughtering people, I think you'd be pretty boned too. 
and then she's beating him with her cane. And by the way, he hurt his hand earlier in the movie, and he, she kept hitting him so hard his hand started bleeding. That was a nice attention to detail. Then Sally runs out, but sees but sees the strung up body of a cop. Yeah, so we see a lattice has been hang, and then I wrote down Zadar goes on a rampage and kills it like the crippled lady. Yeah, um, our Sally. Sorry, I had her as the crippled lady. <laughs> And Teresa and Campbell are trying to get out of the room, but the way interrogations room is, you have to buzz your way out. You can't just open the door, but no one's coming to get them. Yeah. Frank then comes up to Sally to try to calm her down, but then Zadar smashes through the window of the door to pull her inside. And I wrote here, and yeah, it's confirmed he kills her here. I didn't, I couldn't tell if he did because like he's got her high up in the air and he's like slamming her against the wall. This sounds like I'm describing a sex scene, but I swear I'm not. And he's got her like face first against the wall. He's just like, just slam what a gorilla her. press. Yeah. And then anyway, Bruce Campbell is able to get out and he tells Teresa to hotwire the car for their escape. And you see Campbell going around the precinct and just corpses and corpses of cops of cops all over the place. Yeah. And then Zadar is, is beating up on Frank. And then the next thing we see as uh, what's her name? Uh, Teresa isn't trying to start up a car. Frank gets thrown out a window and uh, falls on top of a car. And I'm like, holy shit, because Frank has been so far the most established main character. I was kind of bummed. I Morris liked him. Morris and Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. I liked him. Yeah, no, he was pretty good in this movie. Bruce Campbell then gets held up by a cop on his way out, but he knocks him out. And then he he himself holds up two cops, and even though they outnumber him, he convinces them to lie down with nothing but his throbbing magnetism. He and Teresa then make their getaway, but not by car. They just they just run. Yeah, they escape. And then right here, I get another mayor edit. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I wrote down, bro, this fucking mayor edits. And then we have the mayor tripping fucking balls in the goddamn urinal going like, no, no, Mac Hordell's dead. He's, he has to be dead. I'm like I, like, I know all these cops are getting killed and stuff, but fucking, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like I missed like half the fucking movie. But no, these, 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 are, last... sm- these are small garbage yeah, yeah. little like, pun- like little punching edits. It's weird, man. But there's a narrative because I told you the mayor is like the bad guy, sort of. I mean, we'll see where we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. Because now, because now I'm I'm like not spoiling. I'm like not really sure if I'm spoiling. But at the same time, it's like this movie isn't really hard to like figure out what's going on. So next day, there's a bunch of establishing shots, and then we see Bruce and Teresa drive and drive to a penitentiary place. Drive? So th- I thought they were on a train. Oh, I thought I forgot. So, but they go to talk to a coroner dude and ask them about when and where Zadar was buried. Then the guy's like, "Yeah, dude, homie was super dead. He was like super dead, but then I found out he had a heartbeat, and then it's like I guess he was alive." And then admits that, like, yeah, no, Robert Zarr was alive, but I didn't want to throw him back in the jail cell, so I let him go free. Yeah, doctor Yeah, doctor basically said, yeah, dude, the bro was so too much of a giga chat as a cop. He was too based and red-pilled. If he was put back in prison, he'd get attacked. And plus, he was like, I thought he was brain-dead anyway. I didn't think he'd be capable of any human function. And then Bruce Campbell's like, yeah, well, you're stupid. And then the doctor throws him out. Was there a mayor edit here after this? Well, no, now we get to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Okay, because this is, yeah. At first, I thought it was a funeral for Frank or a military march, but yeah, it's a St. Patrick's Day Parade. I didn't even know they had a St. Patrick's Day Parade. So there's helicopts out. They even say in the newscast they have, like, SWAT team and bomb squad. Bruce convinces Teresa to go into the station to explo- to try to explain what's been happening. Yeah, goes talk to the commissioner, which then we get a fucking mayor edit of him okay. just tripping balls. Not much else getting out. Was it at least funny? Are these is the mayor at least like no these fucking sucked ass fuck I think you got the better version 
because it didn't have these. But it, I, it has a narrative to the story. Okay, well, well, we'll get to that when we wrap up at the end. So she goes to talk to Shaft, but Shaft and the Ripley Jr. are like, bro, it's Bruce Campbell. There's no way it's Robert Zadar. His accomp, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and she's like, no, it was, it's this Mac guy. His accomplice was Sally. And they're like, lol. Okay. Huh? Why are you accusing dead people? Cause then, cause then apparently Shaft says he got a message from Frank that said from Frank and the uh, Frank sent the message. Yeah. The killer has to be getting info from the inside. His accomplice is a female coworker. Meet me such and such. And I'll explain whom Shaft thinks is Teresa. Shaft tells a random cop that's in there to book her. And he doesn't actually. He pretends to cuff her as Shaft and that Ridley guy walk off. Yeah, and then we get some fucking pervy cop that was trying to have her touch his penis. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. He believes her. No. And then she's like, well, what's the rush? We got the uh, we office got all on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and then we have the freaking, we have Shaft and the captain. We have Shaft and Ripley. They're hanging out. And then, da 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 da, fucking Zadar pulls Zadar up. Zadar stabs them. Yeah. Zadar pulls up and kills them. And then we're back to the freaking cop trying to get his Mac on with freaking, oh God, what was her name? Uh, Teresa. Yeah, just hit this freaking shitty cop trying to get his Mac on with Teresa. She says no. And then he just like escorts her out. They're walking down the hallway. And then freaking the shitty cop gets fucking stabbed by Zadar right around the corner. And then like Teresa's trying to get away, but she's getting stalked by Zadar. And she's like, you know, escaping out the window. Yeah. And yeah, your mic dropped, so I guess I have to talk more. <laughs> mic dropped. No, I'm good. I got it. All right. As she's escaped out the window, we see Campbell. He he sees her trying to get out the window. She's getting chased by the maniac cop, but then we have a bunch of cops down on the Yeah, Bruce the is floor. kind of a fucking dumbass, and he's kind of just standing out in the middle of the sidewalk and And like, all these cops see him. I was like, hey, that's that motherfucker Bruce Campbell, the fucking maniac cop. Let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So that happens, and then they yeah, get they're like, him. Yeah, there's like six people ganging up on him. They I, arrest him. I wrote here. I wrote here in my notes. I wrote, "Fuck, there's a lot happening right now." <laughs> yeah, no, like one dude's just go like, and Campbell's like, "It's not me. Look up there. There is a blonde lady being chased by a big motherfucking man." Nah, you're lying. You're full of shit. I should put a bullet in your head. I'll be a fucking hero if I did. Ha, but I'm not going to. They throw Bruce Campbell in the paddy wagon. And then I don't even know if they're still called that, but the pat, let's just say the paddy wagon. That's a they, funnier name. I just have it as like, he's thrown in a truck, but the paddy wagon's better. <laughs> so but then, every, yeah, he's in the paddy wagon, but that Robert Zadar, Zajax, the paddy wagon. And then that happens. Teresa gets in a fellow cop and in the car with a fellow cop and has them follow them. And now the chase is on. Which is a pretty solid car chase scene. Yeah, I, right here. It's pretty good. It's dude, well, I kept getting these mayor edits. I'm like, this is some fucking low budget bullshit movie. Yeah. Where it's like they lost half the budget for like the underlying narrative. But yeah, no, this about one. Zadar's character. But yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, I like the chase. Right here, it's better than the one from like the original Samurai Cop and from Exit Wounds. There's some, uh, I would say, there's some excitement in this car chase. There's cars going in the air, tension crashes. Bruce Campbell's in the back of the paddy wagon. He's just wagon. being ragdolled around. Yeah, he's making, um, he's making a funny, concerned, like evil dead Bruce Campbell faces. Good car chase. I tell you, car chases really peaked between the 80s and 90s. I mean, unless you count the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, but, but. there's a lot of CGI bullshit. Yeah. So, Bro, then- <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see fucking. Vin Diesel swinging a car around like fucking Tarzan <laughs> and then freaking John Cena jumping onto a plane with a car. But we could, though. Listen, if Tom Cruise can hang off the wing of a jet, 
in that one Mission Impossible movie. They yeah, but Tom make, Cruise is a fucking nutbag for his art. He did that like he. They said he did that take like seven times or something. He must have really enjoyed be, just fucking hanging out. He did. That's what he said. Fuck no, I want to do it. No, no, don't. Why no? You'll get hurt. No, that looks. Tom Cruise is fine. Tom Cruise is a madman. What? I can't be able to like. All right, take off of the plane. I'm gonna hang outside and see how that feels like. See how that feels like. So yeah, car chase is dope. Um, I wish car chases were cool like how they used to be. Um, so eventually Zadar takes Bruce Campbell to an empty warehouse at Pier 14 for the final showdown. He drags him out after taking an axe to the door. And, and we it, finally see the Zadar's face. Yeah, they kept him obscured and shat. There's a couple times during the prison scene where you can kind of see his whole face. Yeah, but this is before we see the maniac cop's face all sliced up because he died getting fucking stabbed and sliced. And I wrote here, now Robert Zadar is making scary monster man faces at me. It's not half bad. The makeup on him is very unsettling. Tari- oh, well, I- his fucking chin's kind of unsettling. No one has a chin like his. And I wrote here, I said, yo, Bruce Campbell versus Robert Zadar. Let's fucking go. So Teresa shows up, but then Zadar chucks Bruce Campbell at her. Then the cop she showed up with gets shot, and then Zadar ma- makes a z- break for it. But then Bruce jumps onto the paddy wagon on yeah, the Yeah, and door. he's like punching a zombie man <laughs> as he's mobbing the paddy wagon, distracts him enough where he gets impaled through something that was hanging. And it's like a tr- pipe. Yeah, a giant fucking pipe, and then they friggin' camp like they both drive off into the water. Like, bro, obviously, Campbell jumps away. Bro, this fucking stunt, like Bruce Campbell or his stunt double went in the water with the car and like with the paddy wagon. And bro, I there was a couple times I was like, Jesus, it looks like he almost got hit by the fucking thing. Yeah. So then, then they fit, and then they. I don't know if there's any more mayor edits, but then they. Well, they establish a shot as they're pulling out the paddy wagon out of the water to yeah. see, and they like look around and see Zadar's body is not there, but we see a hand crawling out of the water. Now your edit, that's where the film ends. Yes. My thing was like, you see the hand crawl out of the water, then we get a fucking shitty mayor edit where he gets the news of Zadar was doing the killings, mm-hmm. and it seems like he is dead, mm-hmm. so he feels relieved, which. I might have fucked up with the mayor since I thought you would have. I guess we watched two different ver- ver- two different versions of the movie. At least I got a little bit more back detail. The mayor is the reason why Zadar was fucking was set up, mm-hmm. sent to prison, and got murdered because the mayor had mafia tie-ins, and it seems like Zadar's character was cracking down on him. Maybe he was preventing him from becoming mayor. But either way, yeah, that is what the mayor's character was. He was the reason of Zadar's death. Now it is now the last scene. We see the mayor is just talking. He gets news of the killings, and then we just friggin' see him. He's like, "I'm just gonna resume what I'm doing." We see a like some dude he was talking to. He's walking out of the room, but behind a curtain, we see a pair of shoes, and then friggin' we hear slaughter noises, and that's how my movie ended. Sounds like yours was worse in some ways, just because those mayor edits. The mayor was kind of necessary. I have a feeling it's like what you saw was perfectly fine enough. With Mine the was, ominous, yeah. but that's the thing. Mine was Did your version actually feel like it told you what happened to so Zadar's in, character? So in my version, I, I couldn't tell if this was a deliberate decision or bad writing, but in my version without the mayor edits, it implied to me that at first I thought, oh, he must have just been a crooked cop, but then the way that the movie presented itself... It felt like it was it was ambiguously telling you just shot just shot framing and then the music and then the way people were talking about him. It sounds like to me he was set up and or screwed 
and that's why he was put in jail and put in that. But it left it am, am, ambiguous, like it was left up to your imagination. And I was just like, oh, okay, I get it. So, like, yeah, some shit happened to him, but at the end of the day, the monster remains. So I thought that's what it was going for. I didn't realize I was missing, like, the straight... It's not even, like, a B-plot. It's, no, like, no. the actual Yo, You don't understand. I might, <laughs> I might have to pull up the footage for you so you can actually see what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm not doing it while during the podcast. Right, right, right. You can literally see these were some extra edits and the fucking camera quality was fucking dog shit fuck. compared to the rest of the movie. So I watched some fucking other version. Because <clears throat> I'll be honest... But at least you got more of the story. Because I'll be honest, I thought... I thought the movie wasn't half bad. It's a decent movie. It's definitely a B movie, but it's... Oh, it was it's, a fucking B movie. It's, I, it's decently acted. I thought, like, Bruce Campbell would be more campy. Yeah. He's a very more campy, quip, like, like freaking, like, quippy guy. He wasn't too quippy in this. Yeah, he was kind of, he kind of this was is like, before Army of Darkness, so that's before that's when Bruce Campbell really became the Bruce Campbell But even then, Campbell he was still know. pretty, like, he still was pretty campy in The Evil Dead, but he had in his, the second one. Yeah, but he had his homie Sam Raimi helping him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Bruce Campbell has tried to like be an actual like actor. Well, here's the thing. The Bruce Campbell we know is a very charismatic, entertaining person. Yeah, very quippy, a very quippy, just magnetic dude you just want to be around. With a great voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Psycho Sick even wrote a song about how great he is. Yeah. Except in this movie, he was okay. He was okay. And like, uh, you asked me, this movie was okay. His character kind of sucked. I was that's why I was bummed they killed Frank because they didn't really develop uh, Bruce Campbell's character. And here's the thing about this movie: there's just so much just like in this movie in a short period of time. It's a short movie too. There was like three killings and like freaking first and like. Like the first fifth of the movie. Yeah, before well, it was before Bruce Campbell showed up, so it was about the first fifteen yeah, minutes. I'm like killing, distress Frank, distress Detective Frank. Yeah. More killing, distress Frank, Detective Frank. Then we get Bruce Campbell, who is a tall gentleman. At least that's what's presented in the movie. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he might be the maniac cop. Ooh, his chin is not as mighty. No, but. Forget the maniac cop. Robert Zadar has ultra instinct. Chain. But here's the thing: like Robert Zadar was kind of hidden until the very end. Yeah, we yeah. didn't really get to see his freaking face. Yeah, and and um, no, I thought the movie was fine. You know, I think it's one of those things where like, you know, if you were with it, if you were, I like, wasn't with, laughing. This wasn't like Samurai Cop where there's this baffingly dumb shit. No, this that's the thing. That's we didn't watch a bad movie, but we didn't watch a great one either. We just kind of watched an okay movie. It was an okay slasher movie. Yeah, for the most part, like. Like, Zazdar was good. Yeah. I feel like him just being an imposing freaking heavy, like, like freaking um, slasher villain, just yeah. roaming around, kind of unstoppable, watching corpses on corpses just popping out of nowhere. Zadar was good. Yeah. I wish Campbell was better, but I know a very more mature Campbell, so that's just my problem. <laughs> that's more of a me issue. Yeah. A lot of, like, the like Frank, he was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good actor. Yeah, he was fine. Um, no, Ripley yeah. was a little fucking like Ripley was a little campy. Yeah, Shaft was just kind of normal. Yeah, and then freaking all the people you expect to be bombastic in B movie, they weren't. It's like they were trying. Sally was pretty bombastic. Yeah, when she was going like, crazy. Teresa didn't really do. See, that's the thing. With Teresa, Teresa was pretty really... play straightforward too. Yeah, yeah. And like the thing is, like, are they not going to talk about Campbell being a freaking like infidel? I thought that was like yeah. kind of a plot of the story. All that did was establish him being a possibly the killer. Yeah, and like I said, uh, after initially he's interrogated, like no one brings up the wife. 
He doesn't care. And in fact, they have moments where like he's kind of lo- I forgot to mention where he's lovey dovey with uh, Teresa. And there's a part where Frank even be is even basically to a point says something along the effect of like when, Z- when Zadar is about to go on his killing spree. He's like, why don't you interrogate him one on one? You know, like, oh, you crazy kids. And I'm like, this man cheated on his wife and it led to her death. Yes. There's only that one, was one thing I had dude, a problem there was only with. one campy B-movie scene that was honestly hilarious, and that was the lady with the broken down car that shoots the guy. <laughs> I know! I thought the whole movie was going to be like that. That reminded me of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Garbage day! That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, no. They, Instead, I got like a movie where people tried. They tried. <laughs> but like not like a try where it was over trying. It's like they tried enough where it's like, okay, it's like a C. Yeah, it's like you grade if you're a teacher and you have to grade like their students' work. It's like a C. It was okay. Yeah, I mean it's not a um, it's not a C list movie like how people say. Oh, that's a C. It's movie like a either. B movie. It's a B movie for it sure. Was fine. Even my dad knew what Maniac Cop was, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, I remember liking that movie." <laughs> well, he thought it was all right. It's all right. He described it as it's one of those drive-in movies you either go to with a date and don't pay much attention or you go to a date with your friends and you don't pay much attention. You, that This movie is, that is, a perfect, that is a perfect description. It's a movie you really don't pay attention. Yeah. And you see some killings and you're like, cool, dude. Cool blood effects, bro. So what are we watching next time? And not I, Maniac Cop 2. I, no, I don't, don't want to watch Maniac Cop 2. <laughs> you know what was an idea I got? What? A simple, quick potpourri, season, like a little seasonal journey. Sure. Three movies. How about Austin Powers? I thought you were going to say Thanks Killing. No. <laughs> I don't know if you watched Dead Meat, but Thanks Killing. Okay, Austin Powers isn't a bad one. That's I'm kind of pretty- like, I really want to rewatch those. I haven't seen, the, I've only seen the first one, actually. That reminds me. No, no, no. I've seen the second one. I know I've seen parts of the second one. But you never seen Goldfinger. No, wait, I did see. Okay, I just haven't gold seen figure, really I mean, gold, gold, gold member. Gold member. Yeah, yeah. I like gold. Baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I got my mojo. Every time I go, yeah, baby, I just remember, did you ever see the original Mortal Kombat with fucking Kano? Or maybe it was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. It's like, I, I know that. all your moves, Sonya. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah. Well, oh, Asta, did you, Sonya? Dude, we got like a movie that was okay. Why didn't we get a fucking Mortal Kombat with Maniac? A Mortal Kombat Annihilation, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck, even Annihilation, bro. We get to see a young Tony Jaw doing stunt work. <laughs> the Austin Powers are bad. I was going to recommend another B movie. Um, there's a little bit of lore to our podcast. We jacked the trailer uh, audio for this movie for a song called Surf Nazis Must Die. I was going to be like, bro, want to watch Surf Nazis Must Die? <sighs> or, or do you want to jump into another like, okay, one, uh, you know, another, not a, I, guess, I don't know if you call it a franchise, but I guess a series. Do you feel like you want to do a series or do you want to do another one-off? Uh, well, well, we could figure that out when we're not on air. All right, for sure. It's either Surf Nazis or Awesome Powers. Let us know in the comments below. No. It's a fucking YouTube video. (laughs) Let us know in the comments below. The one homie. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Smash it. Hit that bell. Follow me on all the social medias. Let's go to the Shadow Realm. All right. We're good. All right, listeners. This was the Doctor That Danger radio show with your host, James Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. 